Well, this is Jim Rose of the Jim Rose Circus. And uh, before I put my face in broken glass and let somebody stomp on the back of my head, I have to listen to Sick and Wrong. Listen, living, listening to Synchronon. Sick and wrong. Yes, you're listening to Synchronon. The Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. God, what a bunch of scumbags. Good evening and welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. I'm one of your hosts, D. Simon. And I'm the other one, Kate Rambo. Hello. Kate Rambo. D. And I. I have to say thanks to everybody for all the the mazel tovs, the kind words, we do. the best wishes uh, that we've been receiving from everyone on uh, on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, via email. Um, yeah, warm my black Jewish heart. How do you I have say, to say that? How do you say thank you in Hebrew? I have, oh, todaraba. Todaraba. <laughs> thank you very much, and especially for the booze, especially. The booze. Do you mean the booze? Like boo or booze? As in booze, as in drink. Well, I guess both. But uh, no, we, we, we <laughs> did, we've, gotten, we've gotten a fair share of both. But uh, no, we, we've had some people send us some really good booze. Yeah, we have. Thank you to everyone who yeah. has sent some. Uh, shout out to Gino it. sending us some Balvenie. Uh, yeah, uh, some whiskey. And oh, yeah, uh, we got whiskey. My Fake Mum gave fake us like mom two gave us bottles whiskey. of champagne. Yeah, and yeah. some English whiskey too. Oh yeah, I haven't yet tried. A number English of people whiskey. have been sending us some stuff, and I thought that was really cool. Very soft and warm, and uh, I thank thank everybody. Um, I have to say though, I do find it hilarious how many people think this whole thing, our big news, is some clever hoax. It's a very elaborate hoax. If we were going to to do it like that and i just think it's kind of like obama and his uh, birth certificate we're gonna do a <laughs> marriage certificate reveal on patreon only but, but still people will call it a hoax well, well the thing is okay yes we do have a history of fucking with the audience from time to time not all the time but we, we have done it in the past usually on like uh april fool's day or something but this would be like a very elaborate ruse i mean i'd have to like fly all the way out to the uk Get like, uh, what was I wearing? Like kind of like a, a long tail Victorian tux kind of coat. Yes, And so set up a wedding. And you have to get a wedding dress. Yeah, which I also purchased with yeah, my I mean, own it's, money. It's a very, I mean, we'd be going the distance to do this this trick. So um, anyway, we discuss it all in lurid detail on uh, the Sick and Wrong second show, which is on Patreon. Um, we also this week discussed the spicy details <laughs> Of our honeymoon in beautiful York. In particular, <laughs> the uh, complicated bathroom situation. It, yeah, there was a bathroom situation. Yeah, if you're, if you're listening, you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, but while we were on our honeymoon, so we were on our honeymoon in New York for a few days, a mini honeymoon. Um, while we were there, Kate subjected me to two episodes of her favorite TV show of all time, Naked Attraction. Naked Attraction is brilliant. And I can't believe that it does not exist in America. It could not exist in America. Why can't you show um, willies on we the telly? We can't even show tits. We just, just like the past, what, 15 years, 10 years, we're allowed to show butts. 
Boots? Yeah. As in an ass? As in an ass. What the hell, man? What is going on in puritanical it's America? puritanical, like puritanically hypocritical America. No wonder you guys shoot each other in school. Yeah, it's all sexual frustration. But I yeah, th- they could never have a show. Like, even though our, you know, vapid culture in the U.S. that's just completely based on superficiality would love a show like that because that is why we date and how we date people. We would never want to admit the truth. We would never want to come to terms with our superficiality like that. Whereas the British are like, oh, fuck it. Let me see his cock first. Then I can decide whether or not I want to shag. It is a crazy show. And I don't know. I never, I don't know anyone who's been on Naked Attraction or anything <laughs> you, like you've that. You've never met a single person. No. I, don't, I don't get why. Okay, so Kate, why don't you explain how the show works? So Naked Attraction is basically, it could be a man or a woman. But it's a dating show. It's a dating show. And there's four people in a tube, separate tubes, different colors. And it's like a screen goes up to show you like the bottom half and then it shows you. And they're naked. They're all naked, completely in the buff, mate. All just willies out, tits out. And like it can be people who'll, I like it when they're bisexual. It's usually a chick who's like, I'm bisexual. So then you get a mix of willies and titties to look at. Or it could be a chick who's a lesbian. It'll just be be all women. Or it could be a gay man. A gay man. Yeah. Yeah, It could be all man, you know, a man. Or it could be a man and just four women. Or a woman who's heterosexual with four men. Anything goes. Is it four or six? Is it four or six? Might be six. Or five. I don't know. Who knows? There's, there's, a, few, there's a few people. And a what they sausage. do is is that at the first stage, you know, they just reveal from the feet all the way to like the crotch, right? Yeah, you see the you see the cocks right Yeah, the midsection. The so you see the dicks, you see the vaginas. And then they go the host brings the woman around to each one and they to comment. Judge. On the yes, willies. Yes. And I'm talking about, like, you talk about weird foreskins. It's just like, it's a whole, like, array, a gamut of just weird-looking cocks. The cocks are easier to comment about, though, aren't they? Because when you see, like, okay, vaginas, like, they all kind of look different, but cocks are funnier to look at. It is weird when you see the vaginas, though. They're just, like, the full-on roast beef labia. Well, yeah, to their knees. Yeah, they're just kind of hanging out. Um, but anyway, so what they do, and then they... They comment, then she she dismisses one. That she doesn't like the look Surely of the Surely based off. on, yeah, yeah, like the length of it, if it's willy. And then they reveal up to like the neck. So you see the, their body. Their and chest. Then, and they always comment about their stance. They're like, oh, he stands so proudly. He's, he's standing really strong legs. Yeah. yeah, and shit like that. Yeah. It's like, fuck off. And then, they, and then the, she dismisses one. And then uh, they finally like reveal the face. And then they ask him questions. You can hear the voice, and then she dismisses another. Which is also maybe it is four. Maybe it must be four. I I can't remember right now. I only ever watch it when I've had. And then she comes out. So she picks. There's usually two, and they're naked. And then she comes out naked, and all three of them are naked. And then she has to choose one to go on the date with. And then they go on a date that like right after the show, fully fully clothed. They go on a date, and then they decide if they want to go on a date later. So you were saying most people go on that show and they just shag. Everyone I've ever seen pretty much has ended where they shag that night, and then six weeks six weeks later they come back on the show to give a roundup of the uh, the date, and they're like, "Why didn't you text me? <laughs> Why didn't you get in <laughs> touch after our our like, wonderful night?" Don't know. I live in Hull. Don't <laughs> yeah, know. That was the episode. It's too far away. I live in Hull. <laughs> Didn't have much in common. <laughs> <laughs> But it's it's so cr- it's, it is. I think the amusing part about it is just well. First of all, 
the fact that they choose someone based on their genitalia. But also, it's just weird that you would see that first, because usually isn't that part of the, the reveal, part of the surprise? I suppose it's getting it out the way, though, isn't it? Because sometimes there can be that build-up of, like, when you first start dating people of, like, oh, my God, I'm so nervous to be, like, naked around them. But if you've already been naked around them, then you can just, like, forget about it. But at the same time, it is totally superficial because you shouldn't yeah. give a shit, really. If you like but, someone, you don't give a shit what they look like naked. But they're not like choosing any guy with a micropenis. Well, I don't, I've actually never seen a micropenis on the show yet. Okay, they still could. There's still There's hope. There's still time. There's but still anyway, the, the episodes we were watching, it was late. We were wasted and uh, we we're sitting there and we couldn't sleep. And uh, sure enough, both episodes piss me off we're fucking <laughs> chicks choosing naked dudes it was like all dicks very rare that happens i must two say. in a row bullshit v- very rare it's I'm usually fucking pissed. they usually mix it up in at least give me a bisexual episode. chick yeah you know True. i agree with you See a couple more vages but there was something fun about oh, no, one there of was the something really really fun or fun <laughs> yeah and funny about it. it was there was a guy a double amputee he was kicking stumps, like he, man. Yeah, and he was like, I got his legs blown off in Afghanistan. Yeah, I called that as well. Yeah. I said it. They, like, a, what was it? A, um, a, one of those explosive IEDs or whatever. Blew off both his legs. And he's got like just, yeah, the stumps. And he's all tattooed and buff. And she chose him. Why? Right. Why would I you choose the war veteran with PTSD to date? Why? Why? Come on. You had like three other guys who may have all been boring, but they're not going to have post-traumatic stress disorder and like what, in the middle of the light, night, wake up crying. And what dude was her type too? She's like, oh, that's always my type. I always date guys like that. And he was just kind of a normal looking, like Spanish looking guy. Oh yeah. She dismissed the Spanish yeah, guy. Dismissed the normal nice. guy with, yeah. with the able-bodied guy with two regular legs and chose Stumpy. She only chose Stumpy to save face on camera. I, I would have so dismissed too. Stumpy probably in the first round and just been like, I'm not into licking Stump at any point. <laughs> am I licking Stump? <laughs> but I don't get why. Why would anyone do that show? Like, what do you gain out of doing that show? Well, they do. A lot of them always say that um, they felt very liberated just being like naked. I think that's the the appeal to it, especially just being British. naked in public. Yeah, especially being British. It's like the stiff upper lip. But so I, repressed. Well, it's worse in America, it seems. At least over here, we're like, I'll get me kit off on camera. It doesn't matter. We, my mates can see my meat and two veg. <laughs> I just don't get like what why you would do it. You don't win anything. You win money. Do you get paid? Uh, well, you win a shag. You kinda. can go on Tinder. You don't well, have to that's shoot not your necessary. To like the, the the television viewing public. Not necessarily a guarantee, but fuck yeah, yeah. You can go on. Just go on so, telly. Have a nice day out. Be on the telly. Could you imagine like going back to work after you got you lost to a guy <laughs> with stumps? You go back to work and everyone's like, dude, we all saw your Todger. Yeah, like, we you, all saw your dick. And you lost to Stumpy. <laughs> <laughs> Stumpy didn't even shagger because he had to get up early the next day to go play rugby. What the fuck, Stumpy? Oh, yeah, the guy didn't even shagger. Didn't yeah, even what the fuck? It's the entire point of the show is that you shag at the end and he's like, I've got rugby tomorrow. But firstly, how? Yeah, well, they, they do like a disabled <laughs> I know. There was, there was a, a documentary called like Mad Ball or something with yeah. disabled guys playing rugby. But but yeah, I still didn't understand that. Even I'm sure his rugby bros are like, dude, you had a you had a, you had a woman with two regular legs. She wasn't disabled, not in a wheelchair, and you didn't shag? Because you had rugby the next day. Your rugby mates mm. are totally going to rib you for that. Got to reevaluate your priorities here or something. <laughs> but yeah, I don't, though I admit this show would never be ever ever be allowed in the uh, puritanical U.S., especially even on cable, I don't think they would do a show like that. But if it was on in the U.S. and it was popular, 
There would be like six variations, like 90 Day Fiance. Oh my God, there would be billions of them. It was Kate's second favorite show. But uh, 90 Day Fiance, like here in the, that show came out, it was popular. Next thing you know, there's like 90 Day Fiance the other way, 90 Day Fiance happily ever after, 90 Day, there's like six variations of that stupid insipid program. Uh, But I think if they did, like if Naked Attraction was like a big hit here, they'd probably have the regular Naked Attraction, is my theory. Then they'd have Naked Attraction, Little people, big dogs. So it'd just be little like people, it. the little people edition. I'd be into that. That's your dream. Um, naked attraction, two tons of fun. That kind of probably already exists somewhere. Well, I think that's just regular Should dating be. in America. That's about to say, yes, the sodbuster <laughs> edition. Um, yeah, just go on Tinder in Wisconsin. You'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, naked attraction. The Undateables edition. Nice. Yeah, the Brits will like that one. I had never seen that show either, but people actually, you could go on YouTube and you could probably find Naked Attraction on YouTube. Yeah, and Undateables too. Undateables, I had never heard of. And uh, Kate had me watch a few episodes. It's your favorite show. Well, I couldn't believe how aroused you were watching that. (laughs) Uh, There was one guy who had uh, severe Tourette's and he's like, you know, it's very difficult for me to uh, find a fucking cunt find a date. <laughs> I liked him. <laughs> I would have gone on a great. date with him. Yeah. I loved him when he was calling the woman a fucking whore. <laughs> yeah, to, on the date. Like, and he's like twitching. He's like, fucking whore. Yeah. Can I have one of your chips? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would have totally loved to be on a date with him. Uh, but yeah, that show's great. And that's another show they would never put on the U.S. because they'd be like, it's punching down. Oh, like, whatever. They would never do that. Um, I could see Naked Attraction. All amputees all the time. Well, as in everyone's kicking stumps and like they've Everybody. not got arms. Yeah. They're just, no arms, no legs. Just Some to... people have legs. Maybe someone's missing an arm. Yeah. Okay. That could be entertaining. I can see that. And then finally, Naked Attraction, Freaks and Geeks. Yay. Just human oddities. Sideshow performers. I agree. Yeah. Let's do it. That's what this episode is going to be all about. Um the freaks and geeks of the carnival sideshows of yore. I just want to sing, you know, the Homer Simpson bit in his head when it cuts to him and he's like, Homer, what do you think about? And it's just like the monkey going around his brain. He's going, that's all I'm thinking of now. This whole episode. Yeah, it's just going to be playing in the background quietly in my mind. I love the, do you remember the Jerry Blank? And treasure candy when she like looks in her head and there's like well there's the there's a skull on fire oh, yeah. but the other one is just a chimpanzee playing in, like a kid's bath yeah <laughs> just in water um very similar to that but yeah it's rare to find a carnival featuring sideshows with human oddities in this day and age oh completely I mean they do have carnivals still and they're still carny workers but it's like you know they they have the the, the shitty rides I refuse to ride. Um, and then maybe, I mean, they might have like, like in the nineties, we had Jim Rose. You remember the Jim Rose circus? Yeah. They, they must've come around here, didn't it? Yeah. And we have something similar where it's, it's not freaks, it's geeks. It's like people with elastic skin and like the all tattooed man and stuff like that. They're self-made freaks. Yeah. That's like lizard man. Yes. Or working acts like sword swallowers, fire breathers, like people who do freakish acts. Or uh, what was it? Uh, uh, Jim Rose had Lifto, the guy that would lift things with his nipples. I remember him. Yeah, you know, there's a guy, and he would lift things with his scrotum. Oh, don't let's not forget Methane Man. Oh, oh yeah, Methane Man. Yeah, that that guy for sure. You know, I've been trying to get that guy on the show for years. We'll work on one that. day. Um, my favorite, my personal favorite freak show. I did like Jim Rose, and Jim Rose was actually on the show. But in the '90s in uh, Chicago, I think in the Midwest in general, there's a guy named William Dark. And okay. he had William Dark's Freak Show Spectacular. Ooh. Yeah, it was amazing. He had a guy 
who um, had like cancer in his ocular cavity. So he had his entire eye removed. Pumpkin man. Pumpkin well, heads. Yeah, he He's would, called Pumpkin Heads. I don't know if that was his name, but he would do a human jack-o'-lantern. Yeah, I know him. He was in Bizarre Magazine. Yeah, that's got to be the same guy. It's got to be. He's still he, going. He could also smoke and blow it through his eye. Yeah. That Nally. was great. That guy was part of William Dark. Uh, there's another dude that could like, he was crazy, like a kid balance stuff. Like he could balance a, a lawnmower on his teeth. And they could throw melons in, into it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, he was on like um, the Tonight Show and stuff like that. Not sure what happened to William Dark, but there's those type of freak shows still ex- maybe exist. Actually, I don't even know if a Jim Rose type freak show even exists. They def- They still exist over here. I see them like macabre circuses come to. But town. you wouldn't find a human oddity. Very rare. I'd be, yeah. I'd, yeah, it's very rare to see that. Maybe, maybe someone with. Yeah, I don't even know. They're, you're not going to find like a pinhead. No. Or a bearded woman. Well, you might find that in San Francisco. But uh Yeah, Jojo. But it's normal now. <laughs> <laughs> but this episode we're gonna talk about real freaks, human oddities like Grady Styles Jr., uh popularly known as Lobster Boy, who led a very interesting life and suffered a death that was just as intriguing. He did. So we'll get into this. We'll do a little bit of history for you at home. So the the term freak it appears to be to come from the old English um, "frisian," which means to dance. So "frecking" uh, signified like cavorting, sort of movement, or just being capricious. Now that's interesting because in that in the nineties, it's like I'm freaking on you. Yeah, freaking I wonder on if it me, came freaking from that. on you. Uh, could be. Huh, it's interesting. So as early as the 16th century, severe physical deformities and abnormalities, they were no longer deemed as like being bad omens or like evidence of evil spirits within the person. And people began to gen- generally accept those who looked different as being part of like the community now. Yeah, because prior to that, did they just kill them or, or oh, like, lock them away like, in towers? It would be like the whole um, 300 Spartan situation yeah. where you're, yeah, you have to be living outside of town. We don't want you around here. Hunchback in Notre Dame, it's, that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. So what happened is these people, they start, it's, it was a European thing to begin with. They were shuttled about Europe as uh, public curiosities under the guidance of sideshow managers and many so-called freaks. They readily agree to the notion of working under a manager and splitting the profits. So individuals who can be classed as freak show performers, who were also called human curiosities, they were present in America as early as 1738, but they were not like highly professionalized like they were in Europe. And they appeared more often in kind of the context of like a scientific lecture. Yeah, like a human anatomy course or something like that. Something like that. Like uh, people who had like... Uh, like the elephant man and thing, you know. Right, These John are Merrick. people who are studied, yeah. So it was the 19th century that freak shows and novelty acts, they caught the imagination of a larger viewing public um, who were willing to pay for the opportunity to witness human medical oddities. They didn't have the internet or telly back then. This was it. So the Victorian era, it's often viewed as the heyday of the freak show. It was the age of like many scientific and medical advancements. And consequently, uh, consequently, the public was naturally curious about all these oddities. And they were staged as both entertainment and scientific venues. And, you know, everyone from like young children to like medical professionals to old people, everyone was just like drawn to these freak shows. Well, I mean, what was the alternative? I guess they'd have like um, sitting you know, at home public in the dark. executions. Yeah, which it's, was it's also either fun. public executions or, um, or yeah, or, um, or freak shows. 
So it was a booming business. Uh, people with physical abnormalities, they became a highly profitable market, kind of in Europe and England, but most famously in the United States. Um, so all around Europe and North America, naturalists toured, usually with examples of like exotic or unique animals, and they would charge admission for people to come and view their cabinets of curiosities still well, goes to this day. Well, then, no, they definitely do that. But didn't even back then, didn't they used to like, kind of modify the animals oh yeah and they would make, make like them look freakish the mer- what's the merfish the fish the fiji mermaid fiji, and stuff yeah, fiji like that. mermaid and things yeah. like that i mean so pt barnum people like that were putting on shows so that was totally going on uh in that time so naturally if you're gonna have like weird animals in jars you're gonna have weird looking humans and these shows, they developed a variety of different performance genres that have now been collectively known as the freak show. So shows of the early 19th century that are considered freak shows today, they were known as the time as rare shows, pit shows, or kid shows. So freak shows, they didn't even come into it until the close of the 19th century after the death of P.T. Barnum. So Barnum is never known to have used the term, him, term himself. Freaks is a term that Robin Ripley and Barnum, they shied away from. And Ripley actually banned auditorium staff from saying the word, threatening to fire any employee, any employee who uttered the word freak. So, I mean, was it like a pejorative? Like, they were just like, because they respected these people who they were exploiting? Totally. I think that's what it was. Yeah, I'm wondering what the term, the term sideshow must have came later. I think it did. Because it was a sideshow to the main show. Yeah. This so, was all like part of a traveling circus, yeah. wasn't it? So these are these are circus performers. And I think that's But they were sideshow why. acts. That yeah. Are, that were like ancillary acts to the main show. But freaks came in three categories. So there's a self-made, like the tattooed lady. Or Lizard Man, or Enigma. You ever see that guy? Oh, Enigma. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking of him. Um, or working acts like sword swallowers, fire breathers, knife throwers, geeks, um, and natural born freaks. Yeah, so the, the geek show, traditionally the geek show would be like the opening act before the main event. The geek's specialty was uh, biting off the heads of animals, usually tip- typically chickens, poor chickens. It's always chickens, snakes, yeah, or rats. Deal. And drinking their blood. Because they're doing this with like, it caused broken jaws, it caused injuries to their teeth, and the constant interaction with animals that, you know, were filthy, <laughs> they're biting the heads of rats. The geeks often suffered from animal related sicknesses. Traditionally, geeks are often alcoholics. <laughs> Or drug addicts, surprise, surprise. And during the Prohibition areas especially, they were paid with, like, liquor or with narcotics. You know, uh, Lenora, back in, like, this would have been, like, probably early 2000s, late 90s, she used to kind of travel around with, like, different performers. But they were mostly kind of, like, like that's how I know Enigma, because I met him through her. Um, also, uh, Murrigan, the mystic. I don't know if you ever met that guy. No, I'm, I'm not that sure. Guy. But anyway, she used to, like, Tour them, but she would usually come out as like the MC and present. But she learned how to chew glass. Oh, yeah. So she can do the whole like glass chewing. I think she used to do like swallowing swords or some, but not like really long ones. But she like kind of learned how to do that from them. Oh, that's but great. But the chewing of glass, I was just like, why? Like she'd just chomp on a light bulb. Like there's a way you can do it. That's a party trick. Yeah. To be no, sure. it's, it's totally a party trick. Yeah. So there is a. Um, 
film noir fans here will know there's um, the film noir classic Nightmare Alley, Nightmare Alley, probably one of James Elroy's favorites, um, starring the beautiful Tyrone Power. He's a carnival con man and he runs a geek show in a very seedy carnival and um, the beautiful Joan Blondell, she's forced to watch them buying the heads off chickens. But also there's Todd Browning's Freaks. That's, yeah, the main one, but I love Nightmare Alley. I think it's a great film. If nobody's ever seen it out there, you should watch it. I've seen Nightmare Alley. It's a great, it is, it is a great film. Freaks is, will always have a special place in my heart. For everyone. I think it's amazing. It's also amazing because it was like a cast of real sideshow performers. You you know, know, it was banned here until about the 1980s. Really? It was banned in England until like the 80s or the 90s. I can't remember when it was banned. Well, I know it was banned. banned in the US for a bit, but I mean, I don't know. I saw that when I was a kid. Yeah, no, it was banned here for we used to, the longest. We watched it in like high school, like as part of a curriculum. Yeah. Well, but good. I mean, it's such a great movie. It's Yeah. yeah. The Ramones, obviously, yeah. <laughs> stole from it. So in 1841, Barnum purchased um, Shudder's American Museum in New York City. And that moment is actually considered the beginning of the golden age of the freak show and its performers. And it would persist until the 1940s. So among those at the museum were the notorious and controversial Broadway actor Harvey Leach, also known as um, Havaro Nano. Mademoiselle Fanny, who um, actually turned out to just be an orangutan in a fucking dress. <laughs> in a dress. <laughs> you know, they still do that in Borneo. Yes, I think I you can, like, do. Yeah, you can like pay to shag one. So there was Native American and Chinese like families that were just like Native American and Chinese people who were thrown together because they looked weird. Giants such as uh, Jane Campbell, which is the largest mountain of human flesh ever seen in the form of a woman. A 220-pound four-year-old known as the Mammoth Infant. The Shakespearean actress and sentimental soloist Anne Swan. There was obviously Joseph Merrick, the Elephant Man, the Bearded Lady, and uh, a variety of individuals with dwarfism, with the most famous probably being Tom Thumb. Tom Thumb, yeah. Yeah. General Tom Thumb. Um, Charles Sherwood Stratton. He's probably probably the most famous little person sideshow performer in history. Uh, he stopped growing at approximately two feet tall. He's a little guy. Would you have shagged him? No. <laughs> Would you? Um, I am pretty small, but I think even two feet tall is small for me. I guess it depends. If he was on Naked Attraction, it would just be the first level. Because it would just like... <laughs> you have to have like a special gauge. But uh, um, Little people, big dogs. But at the age of four, he was discovered by P.T. Barnum himself, who was a relative of the Stratton. So it was like, oh, he was yeah, in the family. In the family, and he quickly became a member of the circus. And for the next forty years, until his death, he had wild success as General Tom Thumb. Um, he earned a fortune that make him a millionaire um, in today's standards. Holy shit! Yeah, he actually married another little person, Lavinia Warren. Oh. This is Tom Thumb, and uh, which earned him a reception at the White House, care of President Abraham Lincoln. I bet they had re- those high-pitched voices, too. Oh, yeah, they totally did. They, um, they did. Remember the, uh, in Freaks, the, his uh, high-pitched voice? Like, that's yeah. kind of what I always thought most, like, you know, <laughs> uh, dwarfs would sound like. Like, they're, they're primordial dwarfs. So they're, like, they, Yeah, they're different. Yeah. yeah. Um, one of my favorite Freaks is Prince Randian. He was also in the movie Freaks. He's the guy, he was born with, uh, he's from British Guiana, now known as the nation of Guyana. He was born in 1871 with Tetra Amelia Syndrome. It's a disorder that caused the person to be born without limbs, as well as other possible deformities. Um, so Randian actually had no legs or arms. 
Like he was just like a torso. Just basically. a head on a chest. But he could do stuff. Like he could light a cigarette. He could do all sorts of things. Throw knives. Um, but according to legend, he was brought along with his wife, Princess Sarah, to America at the age of 18 by P.T. Barnum. That's what I love is Barnum's going around just finding freaks. Being like, you're going to be perfect for my show. I'll make you famous. Uh, they settled in America, had children, five kids. This guy, no arms, no legs, still could fuck. That's a man, baby. Amazing. That's what you want. He's alpha energy. He found fame with his human snake act, where he'd wear one-piece wool outfit and crawl across the stage, That's as well as performing a number of acts, such as writing, rolling a cigarette with his mouth, and uh, shaving with a razor embedded in a wood block, which I don't even think I would do. Yeah, like, the I snake act is terrifying. Appendages. Imagine that crawling towards you at like 3 a.m. in the morning, just like seeing that from across the room. I do, yeah, I'm not down for that. But the, the reason why I would love to hang out with Prince Randy, A, I mean, be amazing. But uh, B, he was, he was really intelligent and multilingual. And according to those who work with him, like he possessed a great wit and a sense of humor. I think you have to when this is your life. I wonder if he, if he would be like, hey, could you give me a, give me a lift there? Yeah. <laughs> Just kind of pick him up. <laughs> um, one of the other most famous uh, um, uh, freaks here that was also in the uh, in Todd Browning's freaks, probably I'd say almost the star Todd Browning's freaks with Schlitzy, Schlitzy Surtees. Yeah, we were talking about Schlitzy because you didn't know that he was a boy. No, I knew he was a boy. Yeah, oh, I yeah. thought we were talking no, about. No, they dressed him up as a, a woman, but yeah, he was a, he was a boy because it was um, easier. Uh, they, you know, his birth name was unknown, possibly Simon Metz, but he was probably one of the most famous pinhead performers, and uh, he played Schlitzy in uh, in the film Freaks. And on stage, he he um he would they, he would look female because he wore the dresses. I think they dressed most of them up in uh, dresses, mostly uh, microcephalics. But he was male off stage. But he was uh, born with a condition called uh, microcephaly, which is a developmental disorder, which causes the skull and brain to be undersized. And I've often wondered with Kate Rambo, you have a small head. <laughs> I do have a tiny head. <laughs> you have a very tiny head. I wear children's your hats. Your body, yeah. <laughs> yes. You you wear uh, like a toddler's hat. I've been told that I have like um, a lollipop body too, where my body is like quite small, but then my head is like out of proportion with it. Like <laughs> Maybe. A it might be like slight microcephaly. You know, um, but Schlissy's condition also left him, left him severely mentally disabled and unable to perform basic tasks like speaking short words or phrases. Um, you know, he was, uh, he was like, uh, he, he was born to wealthy parents in Santa Fe. Yeah, and uh, they kept him hidden away in an attic. And when his legal guardian died, um, he was uh, taken out of. He was loaned to the sideshows, but then he was taken out of the sideshows later, put into an institution. He was devastated, and then rescued by another sideshow manager and brought back to perform. And he, he, was, he was happy performing. Yeah, he was part of the carnival family. Um, Franklin Tini is another one of my favorite. Oh yes, freaks, I like the three-legged man, born in uh, Sicily in 1881. Um, he had almost like an almost entirely complete third leg and a small fourth foot attached to the leg's knee that was growing like out of his torso. So he even had a second set of fully functioning genitals. Would you have licked his willy? His second willy? Well, that was my question. Would you, if you had met Frank Lentini or another guy that had like a conjoined twin growing out of his torso, but his second set of genitals actually worked, it could get hard. Would you get double penetrated? He is an Italian stallion, so yeah. I think the allure of him would be undeniable. Great food in Sicily as well. 
If he, yeah, if he took me on holiday to Sicily, things might happen. <laughs> so when the sun went down. So he was, uh, his condition was, was a result of a partially formed conjoined twin, which was fused with him at his pelvis. So he lived his life as a three-legged man. Apparently, he was pretty depressed in the beginning uh, by his condition. Um, but after spending time at a school with disabled kids and seeing others who were blind and deaf, he became more accepting of himself and became a performer. In the, in the sideshow where he would do feats like kicking a soccer ball with his third leg. That's impressive. Yeah, or jumping rope. Guarantee he banged girls with that, that second set of genitals. Oh, guaranteed. You know, he worked at all the major circuses, a very well-respected member of the sideshow community. Uh, there's Isaac Sprague, human skeleton, who was like, by all accounts, a normal boy when he was born in Massachusetts in 1841, but at the age of 12, he just began rapidly losing weight. Yeah, he uh, essentially, like, his muscle mass dropped to nil. Wow. Like, doctors couldn't even explain it. I mean, he was so thin. And um, just healthy, though. Alive and healthy. Well, I don't know how healthy. At the age of 44, uh, he was measured by a doctor, found to be five foot six, weighing 43 pounds. Oh, my God. That's, like, um, about five stone, is it? That's yeah. probably less than that. It's wow. it's It's tiny. Um, yeah, no, it's less than, it's less than five stone would be 12 pounds. Or no, 60 pounds. So yes. this is 43 pounds. Jesus. Jesus is like just over four stone. Wow. Uh, then there's Stephen Bobrowski, the Lionel the Lion Face Man, another uh, oh, famous, famous performer. Yeah, we're going to post some of these pictures up on the website. But he was born in 1891 in modern-day Poland, and he happened to have thick hair that just grew all over his body. He was a hirsute man. You still see kids like this in uh, Latin America. You do. The well, wolf, wolf Boys? The Wolf Boys. But yeah. I think Stephen was different because it was so luscious and long. It was kind of like a mane, like a lion. But it was his whole face. Yeah. His compared whole body. Because like the wolf, the wolf people, it's all very coarse. It's kind of like it's, a Jufro. Yeah, it's kind of coarse. It's like an Afro. But yeah. it's usually like their face. I mean, it's on their face, but it's, this guy was completely covered. He was. He was Dobrachova. You know, it's interesting. Joseph Merrick, the elephant boy, they say his mother was frightened by an elephant, and that's why the kid came out that way. Oh, really? That's... But his mother, uh, Bobrowski, um, his mother was convinced that the affliction resulted from her witnessing Stefan's father being attacked by a lion while she was pregnant. What the hell? What's her, <laughs> what's her husband doing with lions while she's pregnant? Are they in Africa? What, what's going on? I, I like what's how she's saying here? father was attacked by a lion. I think... She might have been doing something with a lion. Oh, you say, well, do you know what? Um, I have always said if I was ever forced to have sex with an animal, it would be the, a big cat because they are the sexiest of all the animals. Yeah, but they got the barbed cocks. I'm hurt. disregarding that. I'm the just thinking. Cock, that would hurt. You know, when, you know when cats do that shoulder walk, which is quite alluring and sexy? Lions do it. I don't usually look at animals that way. Like, I don't get aroused or turned on by animals. I've said I like, it if I have to. I like to. petting them. I like, you know, I like them for Pain. companionship. But that's where, it's, that's where it ends. That's where the line ends. You know, that's, that's the line. The there. lion line ends there, mates. Um, Lionel, uh, his, uh, his uh, mother here thought him, he was a monster. Gave him away to a German entertainer. Aww. He actually suffered from hypertrichosis, which is the same disorder that gives you the werewolf syndrome. Um, there's the Wolf Boy, who was another uh, famous contemporary circus performer. But his hair pattern did look more. It was golden, and it was, it was very luscious. full. It looked like it resembled a lion's mane. It was like a Pantene advert. But he was a very kind, gentle, intelligent man. Spoke five languages, spent a portion of his act just talking to the audience. Polish man, loved them. Loved retired, the Poles. retired in his 30s and returned to Europe. Wow, he must have had a ton of money to be able to retire in your 30s. 
Like, I can't retire, and I'm nearly 40. Well, you should, uh, you should uh, grow some more hair. Sadly. Um, he died of a heart attack, though, at age 41. So that's oh, unfortunate. Oh, that's a shame. Uh, then the, 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 the other two twins I just kind of wanted to highlight here, the original Siamese twins. Because there's a, a, the Siamese twins um, that were in um, American Horror Story. and then, The Hilton uh, sisters. The Hilton sisters were kind of the famous ones. And they, I think they performed in, um, they perform in Freaks. They're in, in Freaks, Freaks. Yeah. yeah. But Chang and Ng Bunker, they might not be household names, but they did. They were the original Siamese twins. They were conjoined twins who were born in Siam which is modern-day Thailand, in 1811. They're joined at the sternum and live their lives facing chest to chest. So, you know, with modern medicine, they'd yeah. be easily separable because they share no major organs other than a slightly fused liver. But, you know, this is Isn't that crappy, though, that you're just like, oh, it would just be a case of, like, slicing you down the middle and you're going to be fine, lads? And, like, your whole life you still have... I could not be a conjoined twin. Out of all of these... I would rather have anything than be a conjoint. I'd rather have like be kicking stumps. Well, what about the what about those uh, those two girls that uh, they were on that? Oh, in their heads, show? no, their heads are yeah. twins. And they're like teachers now. Isn't one of them? A, oh, there's. I'm thinking of the other ones who are also joined at the head, who are like Ukrainian or Russian. And one of them's a country singer and is a lesbian. No, and the other one's not a lesbian. The other one's not a lesbian and is not a country singer and doesn't like music. Well, Can you imagine anything worse? Well, the, yeah, there were like these two. Uh, Siamese twin brothers that uh, were conjoined also at, at the head, but they shared the same like body. Uh, so yeah. their head was fused, but they shared the same body. One was gay, one was straight. It's kind of like you've gone through like a radioactive device or something, and you've just it's like the fly, and you've just yeah, come out and you're molded together like that. Wouldn't you just rather be dead? They share the same ass. They, exactly. Imagine being straight, and you're like, oh, I'm getting an ass pounding again. <laughs> thanks to my lovely brother. That's terrible. Um, so anyway, as the boys grew older, um, Chang and Ng Bunker, they settled North Carolina, and they that's when they adopted the surname Bunker. They brought a plantation with slaves. Did they? Well, you know, it was kind of fashionable for the time. Uh, and then they even married a pair of non-conjoined sisters, with whom they fathered a total of 21 kids. 21 children. There's 11 children each. They're fertile. But could you imagine, like, these are normal sisters that married conjoined. the conjoined twin brothers. So would the sisters, the sisters wouldn't shag at the same time as the other sister, would they? Because that would be a bit like stirring each other's porridge. Well, due to their brother's condition, their marriage bed was custom built and had room for the four of them to sleep together. You can sleep. Use your imagination. You can sleep all in a bed together. It doesn't mean you're all, oh, but they will shag in front of the other sister, won't they? I'm so well, innocent. How could you not? How can you not? Oh, But Jesus. you know, um, later, the two wives could not get along with each other, hated each other. So the brothers had to move into two separate houses alternately spending three days um, a week at each home. Oh, so the wives didn't have to spend time together. Yeah. Wow. So they'd go over there. and uh, I mean, they all kind of knew each other intimately. I mean, 21 kids. Seriously. That's like uh, 11 years pregnant for each woman. You know, what sucks too is they died. Um, they, well, one yeah. of them died in 1874. Well, they both died in 1874, but one died first. And so Chang, Chang died of a stroke brought on by pneumonia, and then later, the next day, Ng ended up dying. But Ng was, like, alive while his brother was dead. And he knew his time was up as well. Yeah. Yeah. And the doctor was going to do an emergency separation, but he had already died. Shit. Yeah. Interesting. Um, now, one other person I want to highlight here was a, a, a kind of a major figure in the later era of, of the Gibsonton era of Gibsonton, Florida. 
Um, Ward Hall, he was a showman, a manager, kind of a father figure to a lot of the contemporary freaks. I'm not, I mean, I'm talking like 1940s, 1950s. Um, he worked with everyone. Um, but uh, he had a show called Ward's World of Wonders, which is probably the last like real sideshow act in America. It was called uh, 10 in 1, 10 acts for the price of one. Uh, where society saw disability, Ward saw business opportunity and star potential, much like P.T. Barnum. This guy kind of give, is giving me Colonel Parker vibes. Looks a lot like yeah. him. Old man. Uh, lived in the South. Uh, he'd been in showbiz since age 14, made a living selling um, just the extraordinary and the macabre and the bizarre oddities across America. Two-headed animals, three Native American boys wrestling alligators, monkeys and race cars. Oh, my God, I love it. <laughs> a man uh, uh, milking rattlesnakes, fetuses and glass bottles, and human freaks. I would go to this. Yeah, this guy, uh, he turned pity into fascination. Unfortunate circumstances into superpowers. So there are a lot of people, a lot of uh, freaks that he discovered. Um, Dick Brisbane, who had feet growing directly from his hips, causing him to like walk, like waddle, like a penguin boy. Oh, wow. That's uh, what he was called. Burton, Tim Burton should have cast him. Stanley Barrett, born with stumps for arms, became CeeLo the Seal. Oh, I know him. Yeah. Um, and actually, as a matter of fact, in 1921, Ward spearheaded a campaign against a Florida statute that banned the exhibition of malformed deformed or disfigured humans and he was successful three years later judges held this sideshow prohibition unconstitutional and uh, they said people who had deviating bodies had the right to work as they saw fit so people that they're referring to are people like grady styles the notorious lobster boy who did work in uh, ward's show there is a word you'll have to help me say. I'm pretty sure you know which word it is. Oh, yeah. It's coming up. <laughs> so the story of Grady Styles is uh, equal parts fascinating and horrifying. So Grady Franklin Styles Jr., he was born in Pittsburgh, July 18th, 1937. He's the star sign of cancer. Male cancers are just gross. So I won't get into it now. And he was born with a deformity called ectrodactyly. Ectrodactyly. Yeah. So ectrodactyly, it's a genetic condition in which a person's fingers and sometimes their toes or both are fused together. So this gives the appearance of like a claw-like um, hand or foot. So ectrodactyly was in the Styles family for several generations, going back about 130 years before he was born. Wow, genetic. Completely yeah. at this point. But it would, they say that um, they deliberately slept with other, like, his parents and his parents before him slept with other people with electrodactyly, so it stayed in the family. So they were generating freaks. You'll see why. Yeah. yeah. Propagating so freaks. The, frequently, the condition happens in both the hands and feet, and sometimes it can like um, skirt a generation or go past it. So you might have children who are born with it, might not. It's kind of like the roll of the dice. So the term um, ectro, ectrodactyly, it um, sounds very nice when compared with what it's also known as lobster claw syndrome. Guaranteed more, more people said lobster claw syndrome. Well, yeah, and I might just start referring to it. But I know, no. that, we know what I'm like easier. with the big words. Let's just call it LCS. LCS. Well, many have viewed uh, LCS as a handicap. For the Styles family, it was a total opportunity. The physical condition stayed within the family and any newcomer to the family came out with an unusual hands and feet. They were like literally a freak machine. So yeah. 
Grady's con- condition it affected both his hands and feet, meaning that he could not walk properly. So he got around using a walk chair, a walk chair, a wheelchair, or by crawling or dragging himself with formidable upper body strength. And we will talk about how strong this man was. So since many members of the Styles family had this rare genetic condition, they decided to develop a circus and they called themselves the Lobster Family. This show was extremely popular and people traveled all over America to see the family with the lobster hands. I'm thinking of that guy in, uh, what's his name, in Futurama. He's got the... Uh, oh, like Zoidberg. The Zoidberg. Yeah. It's like a family of Zoidbergs. Yeah, it is totally like Zoidbergs, but not as fun. Um, so it's been estimated that the family made over $50,000, sometimes close to $100,000 in the season from the freak show, which mainly just involved them sitting and being stared at. It, they didn't really have much of an act. They didn't even have to perform? Did they walk around like lobsters? Yeah, they did have like little things they would do, but mainly they all just sat on chairs next to each other and would just sit and talk and read and smoke. But they all had uh, electrodactyly, so they all yeah, were... L- yeah, LCS. <laughs> So Grady's father, he added him to the sideshow when he was seven years old. He really enjoyed circus life, though. He learned to read and write. He learned how to shoot a gun. He was extremely popular, and he was partly one of the reasons why the family made so much money. Because he would do something. He would just sit there. Well, yeah, he smoked. We'll get into his smoking later. Although he had a disability, it didn't put him at a disadvantage when it came to physical prowess. He reportedly used that strength to smack or choke people who annoyed him. I get a bit of spoiled brat syndrome here. Spoiled lobster syndrome. Uh, He was actually really good at uh, smacking and choking people, considering the shape of his uh, claws. So he couldn't even walk though. So he was in a wheelchair. Go up to someone, just grab him with the claws. Yeah, isn't that just terrifying? Choke the shit out of him. I suppose like choking with the claws is probably going to be much more efficient. But you can't even make a fist. So he's probably just backhanding. People. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> it's wow. lobster boy. And at age nineteen, Claw slap. he met a woman called Mary. She's a divorced single lady. She's an incest survivor. Incest survivor, and she ran off to join the carnival. She was escaping her old life. Despite the fact that she was surrounded with people with shocking abilities and deformities, for her, this was just kind of normal. So Mary Teresa Herzog, she wasn't there for the same reasons the performers were um, because she was working in the carnival as like the staff. She was a carny. She was helping to keep all the shows running. She probably had just like three teeth. Probably spoke fluent carny. Having seen pictures of Mary, let me just say she is not a looker. <laughs> but you know what, though? How many women would... Shag Grady Styles. Have you seen the film Carney with Jodie Foster? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a sexy but she's, movie. She's she's hot though. Yeah, and like everyone in that movie is like dirty, trashy, hot. None of these people are dirty, trashy, hot in this story. Remember in the Jerk when Steve Martin joined the carnival? Yes, yeah. They, and uh, he goes to the <laughs> what's her name? She like uh, she would she was like an evil Knievel type character. Yeah, she was like a badass, and then they have a cup of pizza in her um, in in her room, and he writes back to his family. He's like. She gave me a blowjob. And they're all like, wow, what a nice lady giving him a job. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, it was at the circus, obviously, when she met Grady Stiles. And she uh, quickly fell in love with him. And the two were married within no time. And they had two children. And like his father before him, they introduced the children with lobster claw syndrome to the family business. Do you think he could stimulate the G-spot with that claw? Because a lot of vibrators are kind of shaped like that. They are shaped like the claw of Lobster Boy. Yeah, you think he probably could. Well, it's like one in this 
pink, you know, one the stink, claw in the pink. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Uh, so the lobster family they had many issues they were constantly at loggerheads but money was not an issue in this family the family would make um, between 50 to 80 thousand dollars per season and Grady was considered the major star of the show and when it was off season they uh, resided in Gibsonton Florida known as Showtown USA which was a strange hub for circus performers during winter yeah most of the carnies would kind of hibernate there and their carny, uh, and their their yeah, their carny double wides. I'd love to go. Um, well, you know, I've heard. Well, we'll talk about it. But I, I've heard it's actually Carney Town's kind of no more. It's just sort of a normal town. It's like commercial businesses have encroached. And if you go there, you can still kind of see a museum. People are like, well, what about the freaks? It's like they're buried there. Yeah, the famous it's, ones. Yeah, Gibsonton kind of isn't what it was like. A, you know, in the 1950s. But in the golden days of the American Carnival, you know. All roads led to Gibsonton, Florida. Uh, there was 15,000 people inhabited uh, about 12 miles, uh, this town that was about 12 miles south of Tampa. It became known as Carney Town, Showtown, USA. And it was a fabled place where everyone would run away with the circus. You'd go there, and that's when uh, you know, you'd meet someone like uh, Ward, um, uh, who in 1967, he said uh, Gibsonton was home to 100 self defined human oddities. And about seven thousand carnies. Like what carny a cool! Workers. What a cool place to like travel through in the sixties oh, when you're on so acid. Cool. But you know, so sideshow, as we mentioned before, did originate in Europe, but it was in America where it really flourished. And I think it was partly because of the Second World War's persecution of disabled people that had a flight of freaks across the Atlantic. Um, not everyone managed to come. I, I know a lot of uh, freaks were murdered by the Nazis, um, but a lot of them ended up in uh, Gib Town. Um, and, uh, and word spread around that this place was, you know, kind of like a Valhalla for a lot of these people. It's like, a, you know, an oasis with warm weather, orange groves, rivers full of fish. The locals didn't actually shun you or persecute you. And it was pretty close to Sarasota. There's a railway passing through, which is, don't you think they all just kind of jumped on the trains with their bindles? I know that they made the town accessible for everyone with disabilities. So, for instance, the post office there, I know the post office is still there to this day. It was the dwarves who worked in the post office, so all the counters are really, really low for them to work, <laughs> and you could walk in, and like it's still like that to this day. And well, um, the Hilton sisters be, yeah. worked in the supermarket, and the way that they stood, one would be the cashier and one would be the bagger, and for years nobody knew that they were actually conjoined. They, it was they just the way they stood. They stood. Really close to each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, there was like a railway passing through, so it was really convenient for, uh, you know, the, the trains with the rides, the cotton candy stands, the games to like, you know, migrate through town, come in during the winter and the summer head off to like all those Midwestern towns where you'd have carnies. And so the society grew, residents named streets after themselves. And in return for their contribution to the local economy, um, many residents of the county there were granted permission to, to keep carnival trailers, rides, and even animals in their gardens. Like elephants and stuff. Yeah, like elephants and, uh, I don't know, like giraffes and alligators. And, and orangutan like in a dress. <laughs> and so it was kind of a sanctuary for uh, carny workers. Outsiders stayed away because there are rumors about carnies stealing children. <laughs> eating them. That will they do? But for for decades, I mean, Showtown was kind of a well kept secret, not really a tourist destination until later. And in the carnival, you know, it was kind of like a tight knit network. There's a carny code, like a code of honor, which uh, you gave unconditional support for one another. 
And they even had their own secret language, Carney, which I, I do believe John Steele can speak Carney. Yeah, we talked about that on the Patreon last time about all the, the carnival fun he used to have. You know, I don't see carnivals like this in like Los Angeles. I think it's too big of a city. Maybe on the outskirts there might be. Um, but like in yeah, Michigan, and I'm sure throughout the Midwest and the South, you get these traveling carnival workers, like guys with three teeth and prison tattoos, and they speak this kind of gibberish. Yeah, I'd love to see it. So it, it is. It's like a carny patois. But nowadays, Gibtown pretty much just looks like any other small Floridian town. You know, it's been shrinking the past 25 years. If you didn't even know it, you'd probably just drive right through it without even thinking about it. And the, most of the freaks are gone, too. Um, Ward said his last human oddity was uh, Norbert Pete Terhune, who is Puba, the fire-eating dwarf and king of the pygmies. Ooh. Uh, but he passed away in 2012. So there's no freaks in Gibtown at the minute? Not really. Unless they're just there through history. Well, buried there. Yeah. But I don't think there's really any living freaks in Gibtown anymore. Well, Grady lived there, and he's buried <laughs> there. But to get back to him a little, he was an alcoholic, and he was extremely abusive to his family. So I was talking before about his incredible strength. Well, it made him particularly dangerous, despite his disability. So there's been horror stories shared by his children whereby they recall incidents of his bursts of rage. He also allegedly used his strength to terrify and abuse his family, regularly beating them all, particularly he paid particular anger towards his wife and his daughter, Donna. I love the name Donna. It's one of my favorite girls' names. Very 70s. Was she, she, was she a lobster girl? Donna wasn't. Oh, okay. Um, but his other daughter, Kathy, was. He's a tyrant. Totally. Lobster tyrant. <laughs> so his alcoholism combined with his short temper meant that he was a force to be reckoned with, a real fun guy. His son, Grady Styles III, said of his father, I think alcohol brought out the worst in him. Like, no fucking shit. <laughs> in 1973, the, uh, the marriage, it first um, hit the skids when Mary had decided that she couldn't take the abuse any longer after Grady had launched himself at her wrestled her to the floor, ripped off her pantyhose, reached his clawed hand inside her bronze-leveled pussy, and he ripped out her IUD, and then he used her own hands to choke herself till she blacked out. Good God. Isn't that disturbing? Wait, he, so he put that lobster claw all the way up there and managed to tear out her IUD. Yeah. Were there nails on the end of it, like fingernails? There are little fingernails on it. Oh, my God, this is horrifying. Yeah, so she hadn't she had enough and he threw his wife and his children out. She actually remarried. She married the world's smallest man. She can't get enough of these guys, Henry Glenn Newman, and they had one child together, a child who had severe LD. She definitely has a type. <laughs> she only dates carnies. She <laughs> only dates carny freaks. <laughs> so Grady also remarried, this time to another uh, to a woman named Barbara Browning. They had a child who was born with this uh, genetic condition who is Grady the 3rd. In 1978, the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette would later report that Styles' oldest daughter, Donna Styles, had taken a shine to a man named Jack uh, Lynn, and the two had gotten engaged. Unfortunately for the young lovers, Grady didn't care for the young man. Grady forbade the marriage, threatening to kill Jack numerous times. Could you imagine meeting that guy for the first time? Oh, it's like the nightmare, like <laughs> father-in-law. Lobster boy. Who's in a wheelchair and he's going to choke Just you. Just irascible, swearing, drinking, violent rages. It's like 
I think we should elope. I would just leave, yeah. yeah. So Donna was obviously unhappy with her drunk and abusive father. She wanted to escape naturally. On the night before the wedding, he asked her fiancé to come over to the house to talk. Would you ever go to this talk? Grady instead, he took a shotgun and he just killed Jack on the spot. Yeah. Just a, a shot to the chest. As Donna held her bleeding fiancé while he died, her father said, I told you I would kill him. And then he had a little smile on his face as he said that. He's a real stand-up guy. (laughs) He actually made no attempt to put up a defense. He instead argued that he shouldn't go to prison because of his disability. He also had cirrhosis of the liver due to his alcoholism. And he also had emphysema brought on by his three-pack-a-day smoking (laughs) habit, a habit he had had since he was about 10 years old because he would impress the sideshow crowds of his ability to roll cigarettes and smoke them with his claw How do you light the cigarette? With his mouth. How do you light a cigarette? <laughs> so you would just like light, take a match and just light it up? I think, yeah, they would all do it very dramatically and theatrically, hmm. wouldn't they? Wow. So at the time, and it's probably true today, there was no prison that could deal with his disability. So he was sentenced to 15 years pro, uh, probation and he had like house arrest to do. So he completely got away with it. Um, wow. Donna never spoke to her claw, <laughs> loves to dad again. But... Grady's first wife, Mary, um, probably unhappy with her little man marriage. She was actually drawn back to life with Grady. Well, it's the charisma of the claw. (laughs) The charisma of the claw. (laughs) She left Harry. She remarried Grady on the premise that he was a new man who would stop drinking and change his ways. (laughs) Right. Come on. Predictably, he did not change his ways. Did she need to get another IUD with a little guy? (laughs) No, because he probably would have a tiny little penis. (laughs) He probably couldn't penetrate. Oh, no, they did have a child together. As yeah, well, so no, it must have worked. Maybe yeah. he's just a little guy. Well, she probably, after the, he had ripped out that IUD, probably was like, I'm just not going to get another one. Yeah, fertile. So he very predictably fell back into his typical pattern of drinking and abuse, often threatening to kill his wife and <laughs> his family. so pleasant. <laughs> yeah. So they're getting wasted, screaming threats, like, I'm going to murder everybody. Oh, the best part is, so he he like, he like choked her all the time. That was his favorite thing to do, he would choke her. She would sometimes wake up to find him holding a knife to her throat. <laughs> oh he God. sexually abused her. Uh. He once tried to smother with a pillow. After she suggested, maybe we should get a divorce, you absolute madman. He hit his daughter, Kathy, so hard, her jaw would be swelled up for days. And he would uh, lay awake at night in their house, talking about various ways that he could kill his whole family as they all had to endure this mad chat from their dad. I don't get it. What about the other carnies? Did they just hate him? We'll get into that later. So Mary had decided that she had had enough of being trapped in the claw of Lobster Boy. It was 1992, and Mary and her son, Harry Glenn Newman Jr., who was also known as Glenn, this, uh, the kid with the uh, LD, he had an IQ of 79, which is only nine points higher than a German Alsatian. <laughs> they approached a classmate with gang ties, 17-year-old Chris Wyan, and they offered him $1,500 to kill Grady. Just $1,500. That's all you're going to get, Chris. <laughs> Um, Grady was 55 years of age at the time. So while Grady was sitting in the living room of his trailer home in his underwear, Wyant entered and shot him in the back of the head. Well, $1,500 in Gibsonton, Florida. 
Oh, that's a lot of money, boy. Even in 1992, (laughs) you could probably get a trailer for that. Well, he could have this trailer after he'd murdered in it. It was funny because Glenn, uh, the one with the IQ slightly higher than a dog, he was labeled the mastermind (laughs) behind the whole murderous fiasco. And he was given a lie detector test during the police investigation. He failed. He broke down. He admitted everything that happened. Sentenced to life in prison. So Mary stated in her defense, she said, my husband was going to kill my family. I believe that from the bottom of my heart. I'm sorry this happened, but my family is safe now. She was given 12 years in prison on the charge of um, conspiring to commit murder. Wyant was convicted of second degree murder and sentenced to 27 years in prison. What the hell kind of lawyer? The the boy got 27 years. The wife, who was abused, like chronically abused... Yeah, for, 12 for years. years. She went to prison for longer than Grady Styles did for murder. Grady Styles didn't even go to prison. He was just on probation. Exactly. What kind of lawyer do you have? This guy murdered someone. They don't have a Jew lawyer. Uh, definitely not. They have a Florida lawyer. Yeah. So a carny lawyer. Grady Styles' funeral, it was barely attended by anyone. Understandably, the community hated him. Not surprised. No one volunteered to be his pallbearers. Even his simple headstone bears no epitaph. The only marking is an engraving of clasped hands along with his name. His did, enti- did his uh, coffin, was it like A shaped? lobster coffin. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just wondering, was it shaped like a clamshell or something? <laughs> like, what, what's that? Or was it just a normal I think it's probably just a normal one, but I think they should have buried him in like a very elaborate lobster-shaped coffin. (laughs) But no one had the money for this piece of shit. His entire life, it was marked by tragedy, hate, anger, abuse, and most of all, violence. For a time, the uh, the um, Gibsonton, Florida, had a reputation for being a haven for so-called freaks. The town in which uh, circus performers would find comfort in their own seasonal community while taking the winter months off. However, they wanted nothing to do with Lobster Boy after his death. The middle of the 20th century saw the decline of the freak show. We were talking about that before. Changing mentalities and the advent of television can be blamed. But... What were all these established freaks and geeks and sideshow men to do? Well, the, uh, I mean, that's the tragedy of it all. It's because here you totally. are. It's like you know, you've earned your life by doing this, and now it's kind of not in vogue anymore because of changing attitudes. Being taken you know, away. Ways. But, you know, uh, I was reading a, a, a quote from an author, um, Brigham Fordham. He said, more than anything, the rise and fall of the freak show is a story about society's changing views on physical difference. You know, um, he said sideshows can only survive as long as they offer something that their viewers find slightly more entertaining than offensive. Um, so like today, you know, the exhi- exhibition of like extraordinary bodies is illegal oh. in, in, in a lot of states with laws reflecting like a discourse on victimization. Michigan, Pennsylvania, for instance, prohibit any exhibition of uh, deformed human beings or uh, human monstrosities except for scientific purposes uh, that the performers are consensual adults. Paid well, and most of the time not even suffering. It's often overlooked. Okay. You know, so it's it's kind of like people who sort of ended, you know, the 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 sideshow business. You know, what uh, doctors can even now deformities are detected in wombs. You know, in the womb and d- during pregnancy, probably like second trimester. Right. So you can terminate the the, the freak before they're even born. So I mean, and once again, like uh, Chang and Ng, their physical abnormality. Would have been fixed probably when they were infants. Yeah. You know, so, so, you know, they wouldn't even, they would have been separated at birth. So that's the thing. In our society, gawking at people that are born different became taboo. 
In a way. In a way. In a way. And freak shows were perceived as exploitative. But what about TLC? Exactly. What about Naked Attraction? Yeah. What about A&E shows like Hoarders or Thousand Pound Sisters? Did you ever see that? Yeah, I'm thinking of like Amberlynn Reed on like YouTube or Eugenia Cooney on uh, YouTube as well. People like that. Little people, big world. You know, no one will pay to see an obese person, you know, visually to see a per- like an obese person in front of them and gawk at them. But we'll gladly watch it on TV. Yeah. And we're still just as voyeuristic as we were back in like, you know, the late 19th century. Nothing's changed except now we hide behind our television screen. Yeah. Our and laptops. Comment. And we comment. And judge. On the YouTube videos. Yes. You know, it's, that's a, I mean, it's obviously sideshows themselves have faded into obscurity and it's, a, and it's considered offensive to, to stare slack jawed at a human oddity in person. But no one has any qualms about watching a deformed person on TV. Yeah. No. And laughing about them. Yeah. And, and making memes out of it. And they're people's favorite shows as well. Oh, look at American Horror Story. Yeah, exactly. You know, freak, that freak show was a huge success. And wasn't there a character based on Grady in that? There was on a American. I, I didn't actually watch it. I don't like American Horror Story. Please, uh, no one recommend not... it to me. You know, a lot of people like it. I just, I don't know why I can't get into it. And I was just, I like the actor that played Grady. Yeah, um, they have some um, good actors in it, but name, it's just but... not for me. It's not a show for me. But he's been like, um, Grady is in popular culture. He's immortalized. He's been in Deadpool comics. He's got his own E-True Hollywood story. He can't get more famous than that. So as difficult as life has been for his son, Grady Styles III, who can't get a job doing anything because the sideshow act is gone. There's nobody giving him television shows. There is only one thing he wishes he could say to his father. Thank you for showing me who you want to be, and maybe you can appreciate who I am because of that, he said. But you were a drunken bastard, but you were my dad. I relate to that, too. Oh, just like drunk dad. <laughs> just like drunk dad. Yeah, but drunk dad never hit you with his lobster claws. Thankfully. <laughs> my God. I don't know. I think all in all, after listening to all this, you gotta look inside and think, who really is the freak? It's like a mirror looking back at yourself. <laughs> Uh, this is episode 814 here, Sick and Wrong. Got some phone calls coming up next. You know, people, there's one more week till Halloween. So we have one more week for your spooky tales of the paranormal. Uh, we did receive some good ones this week, actually. I'm going to play a couple. Uh, but before we get to that, here's a word from Adam and Eve. Hey, Sick and Wrong listeners. This is Trucker Paul. I got to tell you about this wonderful porno place where you can buy jack-off machines, dildos, inflatable wives. I've bought them all. When I go home, I like to diddle my wife with a, a little dildo. When I'm on the road, I got my second wife, my blow-up doll, and my jack-off sleeve. Go to adamandeve.com. Type in the word diddle. D-I-D-D-L-E. And you'll get 50% off all your masturbation machines. Adios, lick my balls. I put a spell on you. Because of my. So you got a few phone calls to get to. 323-522-4032 is that number. Uh, one more week till Halloween. One more week. You haven't said it yet, have you? Of Spooktober. <laughs> there you go. Okay, I'll allow you. You've, you've not said it much this episode. It's fine. Uh, this first uh, call is a spooky tale. 
from Walden Scott. Ooh. Hey guys, it's uh, Walden Scott here, and I just wanted to uh, call in and contribute to the Spooky Stories tale. Um, this one happened a uh, little while ago on one of um, our trips to Edinburgh. Um, and we went on this underground ghost walk I've done that. tour thing. And it was- Wait, is that of the uh, the clothes where they used to have... Um, oh, what did they uh, shout when they chucked their shit out the window? Yeah, but that was when they were... It was during the plague. Yeah. And the plague doctors. It was called something close. It, yeah, and there's a I've special... I've done it twice. I've done it just the once. You've done it twice. Did you think it was that good? No. I, the first time I went there, I was like... Uh, I met some girl in Scotland and she was like, oh, I want to show this to you. I was by myself and I was like, all right. So I went and saw it and I thought it was really cool. I was like, oh, this is cool. Second time I was there for the uh, Fringe Festival and Harrison was like, let's go check it out. And I was like, I've already been. Why don't you go check it out? He's like, I don't want to go by myself. Come with me, dude. Come on, bro. Whatever, I'll pay for it. I was just like, fine. So I I did it again. I would say you only need to do it once. Once is enough. Halfway throughout it, um, me and my ex were both a bit like, should we leave? Wanted to leave and go and get a beer because we were just bored. Well, you could have just left, couldn't you? It, there's it's like very little opportunity you can leave, as we found out. So we just stayed all the way through to the end. But we got a cool picture of us, like, because they take your picture. Well, I think I know what he's going to talk about. There's like one room that's full of like all these uh, with the to- and shit. Yeah, the children's room. Yeah, isn't there a girl that's supposed to uh, haunt the room? Yeah, we, I was laughing. Or people room. have felt like her breath on their neck. The child's breath. Right in the middle of the Edinburgh Fringe Festival as well, so it was literally the opposite thing of what we should have been doing. I think it was probably the summertime as well, where I was like, oh, fuck this shit, and people giving leaflets out, so left, right, and centre. We thought, let's go on a ghost walk, you know, let's do something cool. So we booked into this, I don't know what it was called, ye old Edinburgh Tunnel Ghost. I mean, it's probably not called that, it's probably a much better name. But we went on this thing, and they took us, you know, through this rickety hotel and down this weird, you know, like... Joseph Fritzl basement pathway sort of shit. <laughs> and he led us underground to where these tunnels were. And I was expecting him to go, oh, so this is where the demon here is and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, cool. And the first thing they tell us is, yeah, tramps used to stay down here. So they used to just piss and shit everywhere. And like, they'd literally just. That's pretty fucking scary. It is scary. You yeah. know, I was telling you recently, because you didn't know about this, but Seattle has the same thing. There's an underground part of Seattle. And another, yeah, yeah. Yeah, from the plague days where they just literally built on top of it because, like, all the tramps and all the people with, like, consumption and the plague were, like, there. Not the plague, consumption. And they were like, fuck it. Just build on top of these bad boys and forget right. they so even wait, is exist. Is it still there? Like, the homeless people still live there? Yeah, I think up until, like, the early 90s, there was still, like, tramps and people living there. But now the historical society has got their hands on it because it's really old. It's, like, old Seattle from, like, the 1800s. You know, they, they say there's tunnels all the way throughout, like, uh, downtown Los Angeles. Is that because of um, thingy-majiggy? What's his name? The lizard people? The, not the Well, he no, could be a lizard Elon person. Elon Musk. That's it. No, he, Elon Musk is making more of these tunnels. Well, there's tunnels. And he's utilizing these tunnels for his, like, boring company. You know, there's tunnels all over Britain because of the Romans. Very big believers in having the tunnel. You would usually have it from your castle to the church. There's usually everywhere there will be a tunnel from the castle to the church. Romans love tunnels. They, they did. That is my, my hot take of the day. 
fudged. Deep in each other's feces and just, you know, like have a, a mouthful of each other's shit. And I was like, the, I know I'm in Scotland, but really, like, can we not just get to the ghosts? So, anyway, they, they obviously used that to pad the tour and then they walked us down this, uh, this, you know, underground tunnel system and they brought us into this opening which was full of them, um, what's them, like, stalagmite-type shite things? Yeah, you know, them, them things that just look like dry cum hanging from the ceiling. You know, it's full of all that shit. This was not the tour that uh, I'm t- I was talking about. Yes, it is. It's the same tour. It's, this is definitely not the close tour. It is. Of the close during the, where the plague doctors were, and you yeah. walked through. This is a different thing. No, this doing. is it. This is I the same. I don't any stalagmites. Well, it, they did. I remember this room. And they take us into this uh, area, and there's a stone cir- circle of stones in the floor. You know, kind of like a, a bullshit Stonehenge tiny thing. And they, and they walk <laughs> like us in, tap. and we're like, okay. And they start telling us this ghost story about, like, you know, how people who entered the circle were subjected to horrible things and all this bullshit. And they go, and no one's ever stepped inside the circle. Does anyone want to? And everyone's about 20 people on the tour. Everyone is like, no, no, no. And out of reflex, I go, I'll fucking do it in this deadly, silent, dark dungeon. And I stand in this circle without even letting them say anything to me. I just stand in it. And, and this guide looks horrified at me. Like, what the fuck are you doing? And she just goes, how do you feel? And again, because I'm an arsehole, I go, well, there's more fucking room over here. <laughs> and she just looks at me like thanks for killing the whole fucking tour this was my big <laughs> moment and my wife's looking at me like you f- I would be very tempted to like start having like an epileptic <laughs> fit. fit yeah to start drooling and foaming at the mouth and like just be like a Tourette's and guy just some like Latin. speaking in tongues yeah I think I would have been very tempted fucking arsehole and I'm literally standing there and she's like you'll be cursed for six months and I'm like no I fucking won't don't talk out the fucking back of your head idiot <laughs> Um, so the moral of my story is I don't believe in ghosts or any of that bullshit um, and I like to ruin ghost tours in Scotland um, so yeah there's my ghost story fuck that and as a as a side note I think I should congratulate Dean Kate um, I I am still sort of sceptical that you're pulling a prank on everyone <laughs> yeah, I hope you're not I saw your it's fantastic message. news about the uh no, the diamond and the Jew. I think this could be your next book, D. Um, <laughs> so yeah, congratulations, guys. Really happy to hear it. Um, I hope it's not a prank, but either way, good job. It's well not played. a prank. Um, that's all from me, guys. Until next time. Adios, motherfuckers. I Adios. lick my balls. I do love the conspiracy theories. And just how people are like, how can this be true? It's like, well, it's very, it's easy. Well, because we developed a reputation of being pranksters. Mm-hmm. Original gangsters. Original pranksters. And I think I can understand like a healthy level of skepticism is a good thing. But come on, this would be a very elaborate joke. But thank you, Walden. As always, great crack, Walden. But as, uh, in Edinburgh, if you're ever back in Edinburgh, Walden, don't go during Fringe. But they actually do a ghost ride tour on a bus, and that is way better because you can, can drink. You, drink? Oh, okay. you can drink on that, and you can have like order gin tonics. And um, the the guy is in a costume, and he's wearing makeup, and he's he was really good. The guy who took us around, he's probably not working there anymore. He's probably you know graduated from drama school. 
Yeah, they're you know, I don't know. I think all those ghost tours are pretty cheesy. I mean, I I don't obviously I don't believe in ghosts and I'm I'm pretty skeptical. Um, but I mean, they they, they can be entertaining. Uh, yeah. We went on one. I mean, this is kind of funny. We're in New Orleans has a lot of ghost tours. And usually you meet at a bar and they include drinks. Oh, that's good. And they're walking ghost tours. So they'll take you to like the LaLaurie Mansion and around town and all this. But I remember I was there. It was around Halloween. And uh, a lot of people were wearing like costumes and stuff. And we had been drinking all day. Me and my friend Migley, who kind of looks like an overgrown Harry Potter. <laughs> people remember I went to his wedding like last year in Denver. I mean, it looks like an overgrown Harry Potter. It's like huge. Like Harry Potter and growth hormones. But anyway, we were like <laughs> wasted. We had been, we were drinking all day. And so he's like, let's go on the ghost tour. I was like, all right, whatever. It was like 30 bucks or something. And so we ended up going on this ghost tour and we're go- go- walking around. And we had been pretty loud and we were drunk. And so we, you could tell that the host who was trying to do this character, he was pretty annoyed. At you too. Well, yeah, he had like one of those like, you know, curly mustaches, like, you know, 19th yeah. century mustaches. He was wearing this whole outfit. He was trying to do his character. And like, Bigley kept making fart sounds. It was just, it was just juvenile. It was bad. Anyway, we got to the LaLaurie Mansion. And do you know the story of the LaLaurie Mansion? I do, yes. Where she like, um, she was a the slave terrible owner. Woman, and yeah. she's a slave owner, and she would like skin the slaves and do horrible experiments, like make them zombies. Yeah. Like Jeffrey Dahmer type stuff. Like in the basement of this place. Anyway, they say that it's haunted by these like ghosts of black kids that she had chased like off the off the roof like that were, and so you can see them like running around and so the guy was trying to make this spooky moment he's like do you hear young amelia running running around what is she saying people think she's saying something and then migley goes and it was quiet for like 10 i don't know probably 10 seconds and migley goes I want KFC. <laughs> we're just like, oh, and at that point, the guy's just like, get out. You're off the tour. You're off the tour. <laughs> I was laughing so hard. <laughs> I couldn't believe he said that. I was just like, it was the perfect God. moment. Yeah, it's brilliant. I want KFC. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, yeah, it was great. Good and then times. he went and got KFC afterwards. I think he actually really did yeah, want well, KFC. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway. Moving on, uh, here's uh, Adam from Tokyo. Oh, nice. Sick and wrong. Rick and Stump. This is uh, Kate's Come Tell, uh, a.k.a. Adam, a.k.a. Gaijin Hanzai, Adam in Japan. Uh, I really enjoyed uh, the one uh, breaking down some uh, Arabic slang. I-, I was told that there was something I thought it was like kus amok but I, I was told it meant your rabbi's pussy which I thought was fucking gorgeous <laughs> how, how amazingly good at insulting someone is that and so Chinese has a lot of really insulting things that you can call someone mom like your mom fucks goats or whatever but Japan it. doesn't have that Japanese doesn't have any real um, insults like basically the worst thing you say is like you're a crazy man you're like, or you say, um, you know, to go die, <laughs> which is shine. Shine. Um, but I, I, you know, basically, they must have the word fuck. Is it? I, I suppose it's kind of like a culture, like Sweden. So Sweden kind of has swear words like um, fitter. Everyone in Sweden is like clutching their pearls right now. That I but said. Is that. fitter like like fuck? No, it's cunt. 
Oh, cunt. But you never, oh my God, you never say it. You might say it to like your mates, but it would still be like a big fucking deal for you to swear. So if you're in like high school and you're just like fitter. They would never say that. They would never say that in a school situation. I went to school with a lot of Swedish people because the art college I went to had strong ties with Sweden. And the first thing they all did when they came over here, apart from drink copious amounts of alcohol, was they just loved swearing. And it would just be every other word would be like, fuck, cunt, shit, pussy. Because they could never do that before. Well, they must have loved like the limey liberal usage of the word cunt. Oh, yeah. And fuck. Every second word. Every other word is fuck as well. We're like, fucking hell, mates. Fuck this. Fuck that. But I guess it's like when you're in one of those like polite cultures. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. Japanese, it's not about what you say. It's the tonality of it. So I could be like. You are a crazy person, like, Ksoyaro. But I could be like, Ksoyaro. You kind of roll your, uh, R sound like, like, uh, in, in Spanish, like that, R, R in, in Spanish. That's really rude and really, really fierce. So it sounds like you're a samurai if you're like, Oh, I love it. You know, that kind of sound. So my challenge is, can you do it? For instance, that right, that goes to your, to your throat, but Spanish and Japanese is that sound, which just comes from the top of your tongue. But uh, yeah, in Japanese, that's super intimidating, but nowhere else. <laughs> I love you guys. And uh, yeah, Wad, uh, how can you say your rabbi's pussy? I'm pretty sure that's a thing. Okay, peace. Well, the word has to answer that now. Your rabbi's pussy? Your rabbi's pussy. Your rabbi's pussy. Well, there's no way I could ever speak Japanese. I'm terrible at speaking Spanish. When it comes to, like, the uh, the romance languages, I pretty much suck. Yeah, but you can, You just rolled your R's. You can do it. Yeah, you yeah could, I could do that. Well, Sc- don't Scottish people roll their R's? They do, and like I Scottish can't. men. Yeah. Yeah, or actually, I think Scottish men and women, they they can roll their, their Yeah, R's. it's a very rolling R. Yeah, I've never been good at that either. Yeah, I can't do, like, Arriba. a Scottish accent. Arriba! Yeah. I, no, I can't do it. I can, I can speak... Um, the uh the, the I can speak Spanish, the romance language. You can I do can speak Spanish, I can do French. Yeah. A little bit of French. Well I was gonna say in France as well, although they do obviously say fuck and pussy, but one of their main insults, um sacre bleu, which just means means sacred blue, means fucking nothing. Yeah, but that's but like that's what, an that insult. was their insult back in like, I don't know, nineteen ten. No, you can still say that and they, uh, they know uh, what you're talking French about. French people swear. So French people do swear, but there's like a nonsense like in Japan, it's like just nonsense words. I'm sh- I swear, I would like some of our Japanese uh, listeners, or or uh, I know there's like our gaijin listeners that live in Japan. Oh, like um, him, you know, we've got Z in Dubai. Z has to ring in with some. She's from Palestine. Z. Yeah, she probably has some good swear words. But no, we we have uh, a lot of listeners that are in Japan. How do you say fuck or motherfucker in Japanese? They they have to say that. Can we have also an Aussie ring in and tell us how to swear? <laughs> well, they definitely know. After the English, the people who swear the best. Sorry, not definitely. the English, the Brits. It's the Aussies. Yeah. Yeah. Americans, I mean, I don't know. I think uh, urban Americans actually sound pretty pretty cool when they I will, swear. I will, see, I will give America that the one word, one swear word that you guys motherfucker. own is motherfucker. Yeah, no, we, we do that good. But white guys, when they say it, it's like motherfucker. What a motherfucker. Shit. Shit. Fuck. You know, fuck that. Yeah. Fuck that. No. Yeah. You guys own that word like the like how British people own the word. But like cunt. Italian guys, black guys, they can they know how to swear. Oh fuck yeah, they, yeah, do. they do. 
sexy bus. Um, thank you there, Adam from Tokyo. Last one here is remember that guy that called in that had that really long story about going to get a hooker in I want to say somewhere in England, I think. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was trying to work out whereabouts in Northumbria. Yeah, he's it was from. North. Um, yeah, Northumbria. He's yeah. north of England. Oh, he does he reveal his location? I'm not sure, but he calls back with a reply. Nice. All right, Dean Kate, Masha here. Um, ringing about the call I made last week about being pegged off a prostitute. I know he's had a few questions, so I thought I'd answer them. Anyway, Kate had a question about where I was from. Uh, she was along the right lines when she was seeing Shields. It's actually, I'm actually from a town in between Sunderland and Newcastle called Washington. Oh, I would never um, know that. It's got a little bit of Macaman Geordie, so that's why she couldn't place my accent at all. Thanks, mate. Wait, it's got a little bit of what? Uh, Macum Jordy. Oh, okay. Where? How far is this from where you live? He's like only down the road from me. Like oh, he's it's probably not that far. like probably like an hour and ten minutes drive from me. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah he's, so he's it's like pretty, my neighbor. Pretty far north. Jordies and Cumbrians like each other, man. We're like we're we're brothers in arms up in the north because we but, get left out of everything. But not the Liverpudlians. You'll fucking not the Liverpudlians. Do you know who about... else hates the Liverpudlians? The Jordies. And I'll tell you why. Because ninety-seven was not enough. <laughs> there was an incident that happened on the honeymoon in York with some Liverpudlians, <laughs> and I had to restrain Kate. He did. Yeah. I fucking hate Liverpudlians. Um, day you were wondering if I'd been pegged or any done any anal stuff before. Yes, I have a lot. Right. Um, <laughs> a I was lot. quite excited when she pulled out the strap on. Um, when I was about 17, it was my ex that got us into it. And, uh, wow. She, like, she really liked Wait, seven. I don't know if I'm fine. Was he saying when he was seven or eight? No, 17. Oh, okay. All he right. wasn't was like, sexually abused. It's like you're getting pegged at seven or eight. I don't know if, uh, that's, a, if, if that's a healthy thing. That's a pretty wild thing, like though. Like 17 or 18. It's still pretty wild. He must be a young guy. To, well, that, uh, to be at that age and to be like, well, I suppose you're a bit more bolder sexually when you're younger because then you just fall into patterns. Yeah, but you know what? Probably, he probably like would masturbate and uh, would would do some anal stimulation about that he liked it, and that's what got him off. Maybe, or maybe his girlfriend was just like a. a maybe he had a really hot goth girlfriend who was really domineering. She and then was like, like to peg her guys. He's just gonna fuck him up the ass. It's like Joe Kelly's uh, act. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Jojo. No, 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 no. Well, that's what he said. Yeah. Well, he likes to say he said that. <laughs> do you know stuff should like getting fucked in the ass rather than um, rather than funny, you know. But um, you know, the first time we'd done it, I blurted up her ass and went downstairs when her mum was out and stuff. And she, all I heard was her laughing, her, laughing her tits off in the bog. So I went in. I went, what, everything all right? She went, hey, look at this, look at this. I'm just shitting out your cum. <laughs> <laughs> I so from then I was hooked on getting bummed and anal and stuff like that. I've uh, <laughs> I've actually been bummed. Can you count on, uh, on on two hands the number of times you've said that? Well, I'm shitting out <laughs> your cum. <laughs> off a bloke before as well. Um, I, and I, when I was... Get, wait, I've been bummed off a couple of times. But one of the times I was getting bummed, um, it was over the car. The car boot was open. I was Dogger. getting bummed. Next thing I know, I hear this voice around the corner. Everything all right there? There's a fucking cyclist down the cycle track watching us getting bummed. I was like, oh my God. But, aye, 
Is he talking or is he just cruising? No, wait. Was he saying he was getting bummed by a dude? So over I think he's the by. the bu- yeah over no, the, no he's by he was getting yeah over the boot of a car yeah but this is what I want to know was he cruising or was he or was he dogging? That's a good question. Because you cruise in the woods, but or maybe then... he was hanging out with with this guy, and then they went out to like the woods or something. To, to, no, to I reckon me, I reckon he was cruising because every town I don't know if like it'll definitely be the same in oh, I'm LA. Sure. Every yeah. town has like a park or a, a, a area of woods where the the boys cruise. Oh yeah, no, for sure. There's uh, I forget the park in uh, in the Tri Cities in Michigan, but there was a park. Yeah. On River Road. I forget the name. Of the I park. feel bad for them in winter time, like. The cruising levels must go down. But what if you're just desperate to be bummed and you can't like get? In? I suppose there's like Tinder and shit now. But when we were fifteen, grinder, right? Yeah, it w- when we were fifteen, it was like there's, there wasn't that. So it must have been really hard for all the the gay dudes and the you know cottaging and all that in the eighties and the nineties. Poor George Michael. Poor George what he Michael. He had to go through he, the suffering. He got. Entrapped, he did. There's nothing yeah. wrong with cottaging when it's between Free two George Michael. Sen- That's what I was wearing. I was wearing a shirt the whole time. Free George Michael. <laughs> Rest in also peace. Also, as well, um, well it, it was my first anal prostate when I was telling you last week. Um, it actually come with a soft little cock, and it really shocked us because it never happened before. And I, I must admit, it just blew us away. I was amazed. Anyway, I was just wondering if that, if you've ever experienced stuff like that before, because I hadn't, I didn't even know you'd do it. I was amazed. Anyway, I'll uh, I'll ring in with a couple of more embarrassing stories uh, when I can. Thanks, thanks for listening. We're gonna have to keep give it, this... to keep it wrong. We gotta find a nickname for this guy. As I was say, this guy needs a really cool nickname. I like him. I like his stories. Yeah, we're gonna have to think about this. I'm gonna have a think about this, and people can call in if you want to suggest a nickname for this guy, but. Yeah, he's maybe got. I'll, maybe I'll I'll shoot this over to the Discord. Yeah, Discord you know. can name this guy. Yeah, we got, we gotta come up with a good name for this guy. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know. I didn't know that um, soft dicks could come, but I guess is that not when you have a wet dream? Do you have a boner or do you just come? No, you have a boner. Do you? Yeah, I don't. I can't think of uh, ever being able to come with a soft dick. So he really got his. Like Harrison, I mean, when Harrison used to talk about getting his prostate milked, he never mentioned that his dick would be soft. Maybe I mean, he must have had a semi. Because I've, I've done that before. Like I've done. When you you've know, been I've, on drugs. Well, I've been on on methamphetamine in particular, and you whack off like three times, four times in an hour. Yeah. So your dick isn't like rock hard. I mean, it's like kind of like semi state. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And I've been able to come that way. I mean, it's it takes a while. But to have like a fully like flaccid dick, like a completely soft cock, I don't, I didn't think you could come. So maybe that is a prostate orgasm. That's being milked by a prostate, yeah. That's what I would think. I want other people who like have, who like to be milked to tell us if your dicks are hard or soft when it happens. Well, you've From encountered a, a lot of cocks over the years. I have, but um, I have not. Have you ever encountered a soft cock that was able to uh, come? Well. Darling, I think you'll find that when men are around me, their dicks are just hard. Don't you? <laughs> <laughs> <24/7. laughs> 
<laughs> what, what does the northern slag say when the, like, the cock is soft? It's like, oh, bugger this. Fuck this, mate. Get my fucking dildo out the fucking drawer. <laughs> bloody hell, technology. That'll sort me out, bloody men's. What you for? One of my favorite sayings is like when you go to a restaurant, um, you, this is best said when around a lot of people. If you've had a big meal and there's a moment of silence, you know, at the end when you're waiting for the bill to come, if you go, well, that filled a hole that no man ever could. <laughs> Mazel tov. <laughs> You have to remember that one. Yes. Um, thank you there, uh, Newcastle guy. Uh, we got to come up with a name for this dude. Jody something, yeah. yeah. Although he's Washington, a Washington. Uh, we got to come up with a cool name because I really like his story. We're going to have a think about this and uh, come up with a name. But that's a great story, and I look forward to hearing more. Uh, people, you can call the Sigmar hotline at 323-522-4032, or you can email us at uh, sigmarpodcast at gmail.com. So as you know, last week we launched the Patreon-only second show with our big news. And uh, this week we discussed the honeymoon in York in, uh, in detail and Kate's altercation with these drunk guys from Liverpool <laughs> at the takeaway at 3 a.m. Like literally, I had to restrain her. It was, <laughs> I was, yeah. We were, I mean, we were also really drunk. I took my earrings out. I took my rings off. Shit was about to go down. Ready to go. Ready, Ready to go. Yeah. Um, and we also review some of the best reactions to the to the uh, the announcement. Light Waldens, the big news. Yeah, I you know I do find the sick and wrong truthers very amusing. <laughs> and as like Kate said, it's it's a lot like Obama's birth certificate. I don't know if we're gonna have to like show like post the marriage certificate to Facebook or something. Just as yeah, everyone's. But like, even I then, I still think they'd be like. He did that in Photoshop. Yeah, that would be. I'm like, <laughs> not going to believe. Our wedding video where we actually get married is on the Patreon. If you're on the Patreon, I actually posted a video of our Danzig-themed wedding. It was Danzig-themed. And I got to say, the camera woman and the DJ, exceptionally talented. Exceptionally so. Yeah. So, um, so you can go check that out on Patreon. Uh, the format of the second show is a bit different. It's more of like we kind of do like personal story time, current life events in the beginning, and then... Uh, a new story and phone calls. Um, and it's going to be released every Sunday, just like the main show. Uh, second show uh, will come out only five bucks a month to get the second show. That's it. Five bucks and a month. it's spicy. It's very spicy. And for a few bucks more, you get our second wrong news segment. Uh, this week, we talked about a woman who uh, breast breastfeeds her boyfriend Pity. because it's arousing and nutritious. I had many questions during that segment, so I want people to listen to that to answer my questions. Bitty. To answer my questions about nipples. I need I need them answered. Um, we also talked about the uh, the lead singer of Smash Mouth who recently <laughs> retired. Kate's gutted. <laughs> my You're favorite gutted. band. You're very gutted, I yeah. Am. I felt um, nearly as bad when Nickelback announced retirement. <laughs> <laughs> Did they retire? Are they not? I didn't even notice. Uh, who knows? <laughs> Wet dreams do come true. Uh, we talked about some other things. I don't remember. So, but you can listen to it, our Sick and Wrong News segment. And also, uh, The Overkill, um, this week, uh, we had a special guest, Evil Bunny, who was yes. chatting about uh, the vampires of Rhode Island. Yeah, thank you, Evil Bunny, Allison. I had great fun talking about the all things Rhode Island. Of it. I kind of want to move to Rhode Island now. <laughs> you're, yeah, you're, you're kind of infatuated. I am. It's yes. not that cool. Have you been? I've never been. Well, how do you know? The only cool thing that ever happened there was when Great White played. <laughs> That's the only <laughs> That's thing. That's so evil. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, you know, I'm still reading through that box of 40 in times that I Evil Bunny sent me. She's cool, man. I, know, she's when I grow cool. up, I want to be like Evil Bunny. She's so cool. Uh, people, check it out. Patreon.com slash sick and wrong. 
And uh, b- by the way, I'm still in the UK right now for another couple of weeks. And we're actually considering a meetup next week on Devil's Night, next Saturday, in, uh, possibly in Manchester. So um, we're going to discuss it more in detail on uh, Discord and on the Facebook and on the Patreon. But, uh, but yeah, we're, we're considering doing this. So Get in be a touch. Fun time. People, yeah. if you get in touch, do it. especially if you know like a good bar there. I, I've never really been to Manchester, so we'll we'll figure it out. Um, also, if you want to buy uh, some Sick and Wrong merch, there is a sale right now at the T Public Store. Just stickandwrongpodcast.com slash shop. Click on the picture of the Pope. Makes a good uh, stocking stuffer. You know, Sick and Wrong stickers. And finally, here Sick and Wrong song of the week. Um, a band that I like a lot. And uh, I think last time I was actually here, I bought one of their records. And uh, what was that town? We went to Keswick. Keswick. Uh, I think we made. I made veiled references to this on the Patreon a while ago. Talked about how much I hated being there. But they had this Debbie Harry mirror, which I regret well, not. That buying. record store is kind of cool there. It's really cool. It's like an antique slash record store, but the guy knows what he's selling. No, that he's, guy had. Good, he's an OG yeah. punk as well, so he knows. But so anyway, uh, I got this Lurkers record uh, with the song "Freak Show" on it. It's uh, from their 1977 EP, Freak Show. Lurkers, great band. Good band. So we're going to end the show here with that. Uh, people will be back next week with episode 815. Till then, take a sleazy.
thank you. Must mama take you horsey back ride? <laughs> That's it. Horsey back ride. <laughs> come, come, my little flies back. Mama is going 